0: KQED. Hey folks, just wanted to let you know there is some explicit language in this episode. I'm Erica Cruz-Guevara and welcome to the Bay, local news to keep you rooted. I gotta be honest, I do not envy the people in charge of redistricting. That's what happens every 10 years when our political maps get a little reset. It's a process that should be about creating a fair, equitable representation in local government. But it's really freaking hard to do. And in San Francisco, not only has it been hard, but the process has been a high key disaster
2: we're gonna march because you guys brought city government down because you guys had a fix in you're corrupt i don't care what you say this whole process was corrupt and shame on san francisco
0: today is the deadline for the san francisco redistricting task force to approve the city's new political map and they do not have one so today what's so controversial about the maps being drawn, and how the process fell completely apart.
1: Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast
0: with an S. Thanks. How would you describe how San Francisco's redistricting process is going just in one sentence?
1: I think the redistricting process went off the rails and now we're going off the map.
0: Joe Eskenazi is an editor and columnist for Mission Local, an independent news site based in the mission.
1: I think it has been handled uh, either ineptly or corruptly, depending upon whom you ask, but definitely ineptly. This is something every city has to do and every municipality and every state uh, has to do. Redistricting is an incredibly difficult thing to do. There is no right way to do it. There's no way to do it that will make everyone happy. It is a thankless job at best. It's additionally difficult because of um, San Francisco's population is growing unevenly. So that makes things more difficult. And that's going to, you know, even even if this process was handled competently and honestly, it would be difficult because of that.
0: What are the stakes of redistricting in San Francisco?
1: The stakes are very high. Uh, This determines the constituency of each of our 11 supervisorial districts. And supervisor races can be very close. Even blowout races are just a couple of thousand votes. Uh, District 1 in the latest go-round was decided by something like 125 votes. So, you know, who gets included in a district and who doesn't is very pivotal there.
0: Who is in charge of the redistricting process in San Francisco?
1: The redistricting task force is a nine-person body with three appointments from the mayor's office, three appointments from the board of supervisors, and three appointments from the Elections Commission. They don't come in with particular expertise as far as I can tell, nobody here has expertise drawing maps and creating voting districts. There are consultants involved, but uh, these are folks who are, for the most part, politically involved. Uh, if you if you take everyone at the benefit of the doubt, uh, they are you know earnest citizens who want to give something back.
2: Let's
0: talk about the actual maps here, what have been the most contentious or controversial parts of it? What do we need to know?
1: The most contentious parts so far have been splitting Potrero Hill, which has a heavy Black population, out of District 10, which is one of the last uh, places in San Francisco that has a notable Black population, and putting it into District 9. In so doing, because Petrero also has a heavy white, wealthy population, that also dilutes the Latino vote in District 9. So that's kind of a twofer there. And make it a threefer, because it creates a majority Asian district in District 10. These are Asian voters who skew uh, to the right by San Francisco standards. There's also controversy because District 5 is now absorbing the tenderloin, which is something I don't think anybody asked for. The Tenderloin is being taken out of District 6, where it serves as a counterbalance to Soma, which is an area of burgeoning wealth and, uh, and many uh, newcoming uh, San Francisco residents who are living in the new development there at Admission Day. Those are some of the more controversial moves.
0: So who is so concerned about what happens to these neighborhoods specifically? What have they said about why they're so concerned about this?
1: many of the communities of color and the people representing uh, LGBTQ uh, communities. Because when we were talking today about dividing the Tenderloin from Central SOMA, we're talking about splitting up the LGBTQ community that lives in the downtown Central City neighborhood. Market is actually the center of our neighborhood. Much like Castro is the center of the Castro and the mission is the center of the mission. And, And by drawing that artificial line down there and separating our community, it's basically doing what this does. It seeks to diminish us, to divide us, and causes real harm to our community. Thank you for Thank you. sharing your
2: comments, Mr. Bradford.
1: Um, black people from the southeast of the city are particularly upset.
2: I, I look at you all and just say, you don't care about Black people. And you all have to live with this. When the Bayview decimates and we don't have no Black representation, it's your fault. The Pretola is not going to have a Black representative. I brought hundreds of Black people out of here. I didn't organize the whole time. And basically, Black lives don't matter here. It don't. It don't.
1: And, you know, in addition to these communities, these communities tend to vote progressive. And we could spend the whole show talking about what's a progressive and what's a moderate. But uh, when you take the age and the wealth and the renter status and the race of the new maps into question. I think it skews as a moderate friendly map, not just moderate friendly, moderate incredibly friendly. And that is why people who line up as progressive are upset and
0: concerned. So we know that the maps themselves have been controversial. What went wrong with this process?
1: Too much time was taken before maps were produced that people could could get their their arms around and the excuse for taking so long to create these maps was that public input was needed but the public input that was received is not reflected in the maps that were created so that has left a lot of people scratching their heads and getting rather angry then when it came down to the actual nuts and bolts of meetings there these meetings dragged on forever the structure of the meeting was such that they had public comment before they took action so that ensured that you're taking action at, at ungodly hours, two, three, four, five in the morning, and doing it again and again and again. And maps were voted for and adopted, and people would think, well, we got what we wanted, and they would go home, and then that vote would be rescinded, and they would wake up in the morning and see that uh, what they thought they had, they did not have.
0: As the April 15 deadline got closer, the redistricting task force meetings got even more heated. Some community groups even tried unsuccessfully to recall three members of the task force, So there's been a lot of frustration and anger throughout the process. And on April 9th, things really boiled over. They know that that particular meeting on April 9th really, really highlighted, I think, for a lot of people, the breakdown in this process. What were commissioners debating in that meeting?
1: After a controversial move to remove Potrero Hill from District 10 and swap it with the Portola, that move failed and a recess was called for at 1.30 in the morning.
0: Why don't we
2: move our cars, come back, pull up whatever you want to pull up, get a chance to think and talk for a minute, and then we'll come back.
1: Okay. And, how, how many members need to move vehicles?
0: Okay.
2: Mr. Chair,
1: are you calling a recess?
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. Know. I'm on the ramp right behind
1: you, Chair. We're in recess. Task Force member Pierce has told me that as Ditka Reiner left the room, that she got a phone call and put the phone to her ear. She then came back into the room a half an hour later and said she was confused and wanted to flip her vote, and she was accommodated.
0: Nobody asked me anything. I mixed up the maps.
1: And this led to four of the task force members walking out. Three, three of the four members phoned in and made public comment, which is unusual. Thank you, Jensei, for sharing your comments to the task force. Could we get the next speaker, please? Rainel Cooper called in and said he was duped. Hi, um, yeah, it's, it's Rainel. Right and he said it wasn't the process that he signed up for, and he said that that wasn't clear to him until that moment. Uh, I, I didn't leave because of the content of the vote. I think
2: it, it's, it's clear that the process, um, this process has been compromised, and it's really heartbreaking.
1: Task Force member J. Michelle Pierce was more forceful.
2: I cannot believe that y'all just put a shotgun to the heads of all of the people who really need government in order to survive?
1: She, she accused her colleagues of being bought and paid for and alluded to uh, a grudge. And it's very hard at this point not to see that illusion being a grudge that Mayor London Breed holds for this board president, Shaman Walton. That is the allegation it appears she was making in veiled terms.
2: Nothing about you guys is genuine this map is indefensible it's indefensible to the commissions and offices that appointed you it is indefensible to the legal system it is indefensible to society and god protect your souls because it is morally indefensible i yield the remainder of my time thank you very much Mr.
1: finally task force member jeremy lee Uh, excoriated his colleagues. Members, oh, (laughs) members. You know who this is. He said, you disgust me. You are spineless. You are sellouts. Made a fellatio analogy that his colleagues were taking it, essentially. Each one of you have gone on your knees for Marjan Philhauer, Byron Philhauer, Mary Jung, Sean Ellsburn, and London Breed and asked how deep... When you go home tonight, I hope you can look at yourselves in the mirror and truly see the pathetic shells of people you are. You've made your bed, now fucking lie in it. Enjoy your per- political careers burn down in flames, because you are absolute fools if you think this map has any chance of holding up in court. You got greedy, you got sloppy, and fucked up. <laughs> So that happened. It's very unusual for, for members of a body to call in and make public comment to that body, let alone the comment that was made. What he said was disgusting.
0: At the next meeting, Jeremy Lee apologized, saying his comments were, quote, deeply offensive and unbecoming of a public figure. Lily Ho, one of the other members, did not accept his apology. She replied quote, "Your comment was verbal abuse that would really only come from a place of elite male misogyny." So Lee's offensive comments got a lot of attention, but he and other members who walked out were also making some big accusations that the process itself had been compromised. Joe, I know this really bizarre chain of events has led some people to question whether there's actually been outside influence on this redistricting process. There's still a lot we don't know, but I know Mission Local actually broke a story about this on Wednesday afternoon involving the chair of the redistricting task force, and that's Reverend Arnold Townsend. What do we know about that?
1: Multiple on the record, sources claim that Townsend told them that he was being pressured. Task Force member Noel Cooper said that uh, Townsend told him that he was feeling great pressure with regards to uh, the decision on Bayview, and it was emanating from his longtime friendship with Mayor London Breed. Other people that uh, Will Jarrett spoke to on the record said that Townsend mentioned District 10, you know, what to do in Bayview was a problem, and that the mayor doesn't get along with uh, the extant supervisor, Shaman Walton. So we have three on-the-record sources mentioning these things, and including text messages in which Townsend mentions he has no choice. Task Force member, uh, Chair Townsend's behavior has been very hard to square. Uh, he voted to split Potrero Hill out of District 10, and when Task Force member Pierce told him that...
2: There is no way there is love for the Black community with this vote, and that is period, point blank, all I am going to say. That, that is is ethnic suicide. Thank
1: you. He said, I tend to agree with you. Right in the microphone, I tend to agree with you. So that was a very strange thing to do. It's, it, 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 it's, it's very confusing. No one can yet say that, that, that people were told what to do and it was tattooed on the backs of their necks what to do by any specific individual. but. In San Francisco, oftentimes, appointees know what is expected of them.
0: Late on Wednesday, about a day before the task force's deadline to come up with a final map, Chair Arnold Townsend made a decisive vote that threw even more confusion into an already bizarre process. He reversed his decision to approve the controversial map leaving the redistricting commission with no final approved map by their legal deadline. So the fate of the district map is still up in the air for now, despite the fact that there's an election right around the corner. What does this ultimately mean for San Francisco voters? Because I imagine most people are not tuning into these, these meetings. They're not tuning into the drip, drip, drip. But this process is very important to voters and does affect them.
1: By mid-May, there are going to have to be new districts. And so by until mid-May, you may not know what district you're in. And that can be a big deal because we're voting on all the even-numbered districts in November. Also, the process has been so bad that I would not be surprised if in November, we're also voting on a charter amendment to change this process. And if the maps are unacceptable, we may be voting on that too. So that'll affect your life. It's hard to know what's going to happen now, Erica. But my guess is this, this process could well be taken out of the hands of San Francisco and its uh, redistricting task force. The state legislature, the, we have Elections Code, Division 21, Chapter 7, Article 2, that says if the council doesn't make the deadline, that the Superior Court takes over the process and, and, and will either set the process, set the boundaries itself or appoint a special master to do it. Uh, that sounds very much to me like the process is going to be taken away from the redistricting task force. No matter how much credence you give to the very overt allegations from well-placed people, not cranks, about uh, undue influence, the process was still handled terribly.
0: I mean, Joe, you've seen a lot in San Francisco politics. Are you surprised by this story?
1: In the abstract, yes. In the concrete, no. I would say a lot of people who throw up their arms and talk about San Francisco's ineptitude and corruption kind of use that as a fallback. But the twists and turns of this particular episode are very on the nose and do beggar belief. Nobody should defend this, regardless of where your politics are. This has not been a good process. And and if, and if they created the most liberal of liberal maps, liberals should not be pleased if it was done in an untoward way. A city has to work to a certain extent. You know, you have to keep the lights on and we're not doing that. So that, that, that bodes poorly and, and should be embarrassing for everyone involved. And some introspection is due. But also, if San Francisco cannot handle this, it should be taken away from San Francisco. And it looks like that may well happen. And that too should result in introspection.
0: Joe, thank you so much for helping us wade through this story, for breaking it down. Really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Task Force Chair Arnold Townsend has scheduled another redistricting meeting for April 21st. But now that the task force has blown its deadline, it's still possible that some kind of legal action will follow. That was Joe Eskenazi, editor and columnist for Mission Local. You can find Joe on Twitter at Esksf. That is E-S-K-S-F. Thanks as well to the other reporters at Mission Local covering this story very closely. That's Will Jarrett and Lydia Chavez. For more hyper-local coverage of these hours-long meetings, y'all, please support and follow the folks at Mission Local. I'll leave you some links to their coverage of this issue that I've been reading in our show notes. This episode of The Bay was once a 36 minute conversation chopped down by our editor, Alan Montesilio. Producer Maria Esquinka waited through hours of redistricting commission meeting tape for this episode. She scored this one and added all that tape to bring us inside of those meetings. The Bay is a production of KQED in San Francisco. Gerald Furman is our podcast engagement intern. Jessica placheck is our senior editor of podcasts. Kiana Mogadam is our senior producer. Jen Chien is our director of podcasts. And Holly Kernan is our chief content officer. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thank you so much for listening to The Bay. Till next time, y'all.